0: guys welcome back I'm Brianna
1: and I'm Demaya,
0: and this is she thinks she knows podcast
1: so everybody today we have another special guest and we know him as jay money's dad (laughs) um the, our friend from the few mass football games that we would sit with Jay Money's dad and his grandma every week and then later on we learned that his name is Belchez um, and so Belchez of Harlem and so today we have a very special guest and we like to say friend coming on our show to talk Um, and give us a little more insight as to what he does in life and how he got where he got. So, so Chess, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Yes. Um, So yeah, uh, uh, prior to to, to this, we sat at many football games, and it was at a point where I've only looked for my son and you guys, like I, I found my son, I'd come up to the stand, I'd look for my friends, And uh, we would sit down and just talk, and um, talk football and talk life. And it was really refreshing to to see uh, two very beautiful, very smart, very articulate uh, young black women at a football game, just supporting uh, a very bad football team. Um, (laughs) So I I was really appreciative of that that energy. Um, Fast forward um, to who I am. I am an authenticator. I am a dean. I am a teacher. I am an artist. I am a community activist. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I am handsome. Um, There are so many things that I am. um, But I'm also also very appreciative of this this opportunity to kind of share my story on this particular platform. Um, And I'm very proud of you two young ladies and the third mysterious lady that I don't know.
1: Um, one thing I wanted to say as well is we started telling, um, Belchez about our podcast and when we introduced him to it, it was really like not where it could be. And so I'm really glad that we could get him on the show. Um, Cause we always talked about it um, and fate just like brought us together. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just glad that we're able to get him on the show when our podcast is reaching better um, heights and it's doing its thing. So thanks again for coming
2: on. I listen to the podcast frequently on my drives back to New York from the game. So I just got tired of music. I was like, let me check this out. It's like, all right, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. It's pretty good. So I'm excited to be, uh, a guest so going to the point of the
0: mysterious host so as you guys know mahara's not here today and it's always interesting because i remember at the games maharo like somehow she was never at the games mm-hmm. but what me and Damai were talking about it previously and we were like where was she though because we usually did everything together in college and so when we were like oh mahara i don't think maharo has officially met him outside of the exhibit so it was just interesting that you pointed that out because it's just it's like odd coincidence how. Oh yeah,
2: that's right. She came, she came to the exhibit.
0: Yeah, so short introduction, but hopefully you'll be seeing more of her um in our coming episodes with you. Right, know. right. Um so to start, um like Demaya said, your your name is Belchez, which is uncommon. I've never really heard it before. It's a very unique name, so how did you get that name and what does it really mean?
2: So, um so the 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 the, the short and long story of it is um so, back in college my homegirl and i started this like t-shirt line and her last name was b-e-l-c-h-e-s so um it was bell I, I can't i can't remember how she pronounced it um, but we were doing things together and then um she just she stopped doing it so i couldn't take her name so um i changed the s to a z um and i actually found out what it meant you know uh the name and uh so B- b-e-l-l-e is beautiful and Shay c-h-e-z is possession so just by changing that s to a z you know i found out that you know this this made up name that i put together um means beautiful possession which is which works so well for everything that i do because you know i'm an artist i'm a graphic designer so Everything that I give to people or people purchase from me becomes their beautiful possession. So, um, in turn, just when I just move. I discovered a super cool name, so I was I was super excited about that working out. Because if if it didn't have any meaning, I'd be up here lying. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad they had a meaning.
1: Wow, that's actually very clever. And I don't think Brianna and I would have ever imagined that that would that was what it would mean. So um during our conversations at those football football games, we also learned that you played football and that you were a college athlete yourself. So how did you get to be Belchez? How did you get here being an artist?
2: So my my, my story is 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 very interesting and it and it's it's based on like this one narrative story, of of what uh, a black man should be. So growing up, I loved art. You know, um, I used to draw all the time. Um, so growing up, I grew up in New York, and um, and I used to keep, I used to see Keith Haring all the time. Like he came to my school. He used to draw in my in kids' notebooks. I used to see his artwork all in the train. Keith Haring wasn't a big deal. He was a big deal, but he was just like he was a superhero you can touch so I used to draw all the time and I remember kids used to bring in t-shirts and 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 give me like 75 cents I'd take it home I'd paint on the t-shirts like Bart Simpson Garfield whatever and then I'd give it back to them the next day um so I used to do that a lot and then um and then I remember with the conversation my mom was like yo I can't afford college and I think I was like I don't know how old I was I think I might have been like Junior high school, or something like that, or early, late elementary. It's like, yeah, I can't afford college, so you're gonna have to figure it out. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Figuring it out. Looking back at it now, it's funny, but back then it was just like, what are you saying? So, um, so I started, you know, realizing, all right, how can I get to college? You know, and um, I fell in the, the 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 cookie cutter of this one narrative of like playing sports. If I would have actually said, you know what, I'm gonna to go to art school and I'm gonna paint and I'm gonna draw, um, I would have been even further along my path that I am now, but I am grateful for, for the path that I took. So, um, so I started playing football, played football in uh, high school, played football in college. Um, I went to UMass for a split second Um, Got into a little trouble and exited UMass, bounced around here and there. um, Went to Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, you know, finished Fairleigh Dickinson, tried out for the NFL um, twice. Um, I had my son, as you guys know, is Jay Money. um, And after two years of trying out the NFL and and putting everything into it, I was defeated. I didn't have anything else and um, I didn't know what to do you know i had an education that didn't connect with anything it was just like political science was just to get me out of college so i remember sitting i remember sitting in the living room and looking at jay and he was playing with like his train uh thomas train and his mom was at work and i was like unemployed and um i was like yo i gotta figure something out so he had this he had like a little paint set and i picked it up and I painted on a t-shirt just messing around and his mom came home and was like, who did that? I was like, I did that. She was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I was like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so then she took it to work and she sold it. And then I did another one and she sold it. And then I remember in college, you know, I was making t-shirts for a little bit, just, just with my homegirl, Cause you know, she was mad fly. I was kind of fly. Um, I was like, oh, I'm gonna start calling it Belchez again. And then um, I was painting. And, and that process led me from, from painting to learning how to graphic design, learning how to screen print, learning how to work on canvas, learning how to work with, with clothing, learning how to, to do branding for other companies. It just kept growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Um, and then you know, I had an opportunity to, to teach So I wound up teaching graphic design and digital photography at a high school, and then that turned into being a dean and an assistant principal, then a second grade teacher, then a parent coordinator, then back to a dean. So, you know, art came right back and came full circle and led me to education and then led me to this ginormous uh, big Belchez character everybody knows me as. I'm also very long-winded, if Jay Money didn't tell you. But uh,
0: that, that's the quick synopsis. No, we we definitely love full circle stories. Um, we actually appreciate those because we definitely want people to see a full picture. And you definitely give that. So we appreciate it. Um, and there was something you said and when you spoke, you said that um, you mentioned Keith being a hero, a superhero you can touch. And so we kind of view you as a superhero. You can touch because we're like, wow, this man's amazing. Like he's doing all this stuff, but still manages to be a guy. You can just say, Hey, like he doesn't seem like he's so far away that you're intimidated, you know, approach, you kind of give a welcoming um, energy. So usually when people get to a high status, their circles get very exclusive. They're really hard to speak with. So why do you feel like it's important to continue to build relationships in your community and with people in general?
2: I mean, I think that's corny. You know, I, I think, I mean, there will be times, as you know, because you guys have been trying to get me here for a little while, and it's just because my schedule, um, I'm, I'm fake busy. You know, I need to organize my schedule. I'm not really, really busy just yet. I will be really busy soon, but I'm fake busy. So it's just a part of me not organizing and a part of me just not prioritizing, but I'm trying to figure it out. But this knowledge that I'm acquiring, if I don't then take it and I don't give it to you, literally give you this knowledge, then the knowledge I acquired is pointless. You know what I'm saying? I would rather make $100,000 with 10 people than a million dollars for myself, you know? Because then you're gonna take that 100,000 and you're gonna make $50,000 with 20 people, you know? And then that's where the collective consciousness of community, wealth, that's how, we, that's how we really push the needle. That's how we really move it. So anybody, you can ask anybody, if you stop and you ask me for something, I'm gonna tell you where I got my hats. I could tell you where in Pakistan I bought this. I can tell you, yo, don't go here, go here because passing that information on is necessary. You know, I've, I've, I've spent a college education on the mistakes that I've made. So if I can if I can tell you, listen, little sis, this is what you gotta do. This is who you need to connect to. You know, at the end of this, matter of fact, I'm gonna put you on with my home girl, Sharifa Murdoch, who is phenomenal. Remind me to remind Remind me about Sharifa Murdoch. She is the most powerful African-American woman woman in fashion on the low um, And she runs Envision fest, which is um, which is an all uh, woman of color um, Event to empower women and she will absolutely love you guys but remind me about that but she's also one of those people that just passes that information on and passes that knowledge on so you know it's pointless if I don't do that and, and being conscious and not even realize, you know, that, you know, I'm becoming a superhero. People can touch and involved in, you know, and that's just, what I'm looking from Keith Herring. Keith Herring was mad normal to me and people look at him like, Oh wow, it's Keith Herring. You know, I remember him coming to my school and it was just like, Oh, Hey Keith. Like I knew him. Like, yo, what's up, Keith? Can you draw in my book? You know, if I had these, bu- Oh man, if I had that book right now, you will be, you will be doing, you will be
1: on a whole nother level.
2: <laughs> yeah. We'd have this conversation in a helicopter right now. Like, <laughs> man, that'd be crazy.
1: Literally. Um. So one of the other things that we were um, we're going to ask you, I think you kind of touched on it already in like sharing your knowledge and um, sharing wealth. And so we've observed that a lot of the projects that you do um do target um working with younger folks and so like what were your original motivations for this
2: i want to give every i want to give kids the experience that i never had you know um growing up in harlem uh single mother the regular stereotypical stuff in the projects you know drugs gangs all the stuff you see on those hbo specials done by the white people um you know so uh I want to make sure if i when i talk to a student or when i approach a student or even when i help it's giving them an experience that i didn't have you know so it's like oh come out here do this because i know if you do this it'll open you up to something outside of just basketball or something just outside football you know and these are the conversations that i have with my son you know after football is over you know even even once you make it to the nfl what is next and a lot of people don't know what's next because they've only had this one narrative placed on them so if i can spread the information about like yeah you can do this you can do that try this do this do this you know then then i'm, I'm putting myself in a, in a great place for the future of my community as well so um you so
0: your art it kind of goes down a lot of different avenues so you you say you work with digital creation, you do mixed media, you do spray painting, you do screen printing. you do all of that stuff. So what kind of message are you trying to send with that? And what led you to getting into this theme of like just full on expression, no real lines to it. It's just everything.
2: Cause I, I didn't, I didn't know I'm, I can draw, but I'm not the best artist, you know? So I need to become uh I need to become the most versed artist you know what i'm saying so i i can draw but i can't like draw like uh real realism art you know but i can mix some graphic design with some leather with some screen print with some hand sketching with some spray paint and it's gonna be like oh wow that is really impressive so understanding my weaknesses and then turning those into strengths. Like, you know, uh even like I hate emailing. Like I'm not a sturdy emailer. But understanding I'm not a sturdy emailer, I'ma sit my ass down. It's gonna take me fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to maybe put together a little paragraph when you see it like, oh wow, this is fantastic. You know, but in actuality I struggled the whole time and, and I had to have my wife read it over <laughs> and spell check the shit out of it, but I'm aware of my, the gaps in who I am creatively. So when I approach it, it's just like, all right, I got the message. Now, how do I deliver the message, uh, to where people will receive it on, on, on a big scale visually because we're all visual learners. Um, so and that's how I approach things.
1: I really do appreciate that because people look at artists and they're like, "Oh, like they're so amazing and like they do this." And th- like I think the theme- the the narrative is that they always have a reason for doing what they're doing, or that it was effortless and that they didn't struggle. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that perspective because I like to I, I like to paint as well and. Uh, like I created this theme, I guess, of like portraits without putting people's like facial features because I'm like I cannot do facial features, like I'm not the best at that. And so I'm like, okay, how can I capitalize and like still being able to make somebody look the way they look, like who they are, without the facial features. So thank you for that.
2: No, I think I think that's I mean that's that's phenomenal because when you look at art and and if you draw a picture and you draw that person happy that person is forever happy but if i'm if i'm looking at this like your logo like you know i don't know how she feels but maybe one day i'll look at this i like oh wow she's happy she got the little side part she threw her hair back you know what i'm saying she's looking good and then maybe tomorrow I'll look at it like she was in a rush she didn't get a chance to finish braiding her hair, twisting out last night because she got in an argument. So that art forever changes. You know, even the art that's that's behind you is just like, you know, you got the group of girls behind you. Like, you know, what are they staring at? Was it, you know, was it a fight that they just saw? Or or are, 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 are they at a christening? So it's just like, you know, the fact that it's faceless, you know, there's, there's so much behind it and it continues that story. So I really love that. I really, really do love that. You should make that a t shirt by right the way. I'm sorry. Yeah, and
0: adding to that, this piece right here is actually a Demi original. She made it for my birthday.
2: And really? so I'm
0: very proud of it. The- yeah, I'm very proud of that one. And I
2: can't wait for an Abel about- so- <laughs> just-
0: Coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> yeah. And um, so yeah, to add to that, so um, like you both were saying, being able to use your weaknesses, understanding your weaknesses and turning them into strengths. Similar to Demi, I was always into every kind of any kind of crafts like I grew up not really sticking to one thing I want to do paper mache I want to do nails I want to do embroidery I want to do all that stuff and my mom really supported everything that I did and um I just liked the idea of creating so I didn't I didn't realize how I would you know create into a career or anything but I always enjoyed it and so um one thing that I've recently been sort of getting into is that I, I would go on Instagram and you know your explore page pretty much Flood you with all this stuff you continuously watch. So I'm mm-hmm. continuously seeing people make such great portraits. You know all these watercolor drawings. I'm like, dang. Like, I don't like. I just know how to do paint. Like, you know, I just I kind of paint. Like, I can never really label myself as like I'm an artist. But more, more and more as I started to realize, like art isn't really a thing that you have to be good at. Like, it's not. you can't define art like people can do anything and it's like that's art it's just as long as you enjoy the process and so i definitely start to understand more like this is why art was always something that it doesn't matter what form it was i always liked because there's no boundaries you can do whatever you want as long as you like it it's good like that's it and other people i feel feed off of that because like you were saying when you see a a picture if it's faces you're not gonna be like oh that person don't know how to draw faces it's right. going to be like, Oh, that's cool. That's, that's something that that's their signature, you know, like mm-hmm. that's their thing. And I respect that now. It's not like, Oh, this is, this is that like, this is really bad. So, um, I definitely feel like it's an avenue that a lot of people should take more time going down and appreciating because it's like an outlet. It really is. And so,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, mean, I, I definitely, I definitely encourage. Any art, you know, and and I'm relearning art history, you know, and it is so important to to see young black women um, as artists, um, just black people in general, because um, you know, go we go to these big museums, we never see black artists, and um, I I come to the realization is you don't see black artists, you're removing black history because black art is history, so then if I don't see the history of black art then they can tell me the story of who I was, which is just a slave. And then we gave you an opportunity to vote. And then you niggas playing the NBA. You know, it's just like, what happened? Like, what, that's all we did? Like, where where is the history? And that's removing those, you know, those those significant elements out. And, you know, and, and I feel guilty because I don't even know enough black artists. I actually have a book that I've been, um, damn, I left it in Martha's Vineyard I had a book um, that I bought and it was just like this old black art book. And it just like talked about all the artists that I never knew, you know. Um, I own my, my two favorite, my three favorite artists, um, Aaron Douglas um, and uh, Ernie Barnes, obviously, and then Keith Haring. But Aaron Douglas and Ernie Barnes are, are both black artists that uh, are phenomenal. Everybody knows Ernie Barnes. Creating a Good Times poster. I don't know if you guys know Good Times, but you can look them up. They're very, very, they're they're very good artists. So yeah, you got to keep doing what you got to do. You do a hundred pieces, you gonna be like, damn, this should look good. I'm an artist. But you do a hundred pieces, you hang it on the wall, you be like, wow, this is really good. This is really good. So I I encourage that to the fullest.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. um So. Right now we're going to take a quick break. Um, in this first half, we talked about who Belchez is, you know, how he still manages to keep his ties with his community while he grows in his endeavors and um, his view of art. And when we come back, we're going to start honing in on more of his projects, um, what he plans to do next, and some tips that he may have for us. So. See you guys soon. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, where She Thinks She Knows podcast, and we're here with Belchez of Harlem. So uh in the beginning of our podcast, as you guys know, we talked about who Belchez is, um, how he got to where he is now, and um how he still manages to keep a close tie with his community. Um, and so our first question coming back. We attended your and I don't really swear, so this is gonna be kind (laughs) of maybe you can fill it in. Ain't anything Gucci exhibit. Um Yeah. So we addressed um where you addressed the state of the um black life in this country. And um we thought that that was a really great exhibit. It was, it just happened that we were in New York when it happened. So we were like, wow, this is perfect. Like We can get we can see him again. It's been like I don't even know how long since we've seen you from the football game. So it was just perfect timing. Um, So what what kind of was the process of going through that and um, learning and unlearning black history while you were putting all of that together?
2: I was upset, you know, Um, I was angry. I was confused. And, um, you know, as as a man, as a father, as a teacher, I don't know what to tell my son, you know, when it comes down to when the police come, stay calm, because that shit is not the answer. When the police come, put your hands up. That's not the answer. When the police come, get your phone out and record. That's not the answer. When the police come, just listen. That's not the answer. So I I don't know what to tell my son, and my son is the person they're looking for, you know? Young, black, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not really, like sagging and and, you know with the old gang shit and all that, you know what I mean? But not to say that's an excuse because regardless of what it what he looked like, you know, but he fits the motif. Um and I don't know what to say to him and I'm seeing people get killed over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, I need to say something. I need to do something. And you know and I and I'm and now I'm conscious of And the message is, you have to do something, but from your lane. I'm not an activist. We all know I can't write an email because that's going to take me seven years to compose an email. So I can't do that. Um, And I don't want to run an Instagram and deliver a speech. Even if my speech is flawless, that's not who I am. I'm an artist. So I said, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to kind of, and there's so many pieces that didn't make it and so many pieces that I didn't finish. But I was like, you know, I'm gonna kind of retell the history and show how we've been treated and depicted and 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 just create a timeline of everything. And then you come to the one piece which everybody came for, which is the installation of the ancient Gucci. And that's just like that's a that's that's a look at how we appropriate other language to make it our own. You know, the fact that we use this luxury brand and somebody tell me, you know, how you feel? Like, oh, shit, Gucci, like what's going on? You know, I'm Fendi right now. And we all know that, you know, that means I'm good. No, I'm fine. But in actuality, you know, ain't shit Gucci. You know, there's a lot that's wrong with our community and how they've treated us and how they've constantly tried to suppress us in so many crazy ways, and despite all of that, you know, killing our leaders and, and and enslaving us and just like keeping us mentally captive and all these tricks, despite all of that, and which is when you come to the end of the show, we still flourish because no matter what, there's things that aren't for sale. There's things like our dignity, our happiness, our pride. You know, despite all this, people are still laughing and still pushing forward and and that resiliency that we have can't be broken so you know i figured i was like it can't be broken or it's not for sale um i figured i had to say that and i had to say it in my way that it could last you know because if i was a lawyer i would write depositions and and i'd be on the courts and house steps i would approach it from that angle so if i figured out if we all approach it from different angles to reach the same point, you know, that that's gonna be amazing. My friend Quaz, who's a stylist, and he got together with all his other famous stylist friends and was like, yo, if these brands don't support us and publicly say it, we're not gonna put it on these celebrities. And if we know if takeoff and 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 offset ain't drip drop, if they ain't wearing it, no one is buying it and you know what i'm saying cuz cuz we set the we set the standard we set the tempo for what happens so i was just like let me just do this from my angle and i was able to to say something that that i couldn't say any place else and to my surprise i thought it was going to be cool but to my surprise whoa it was like it was crazy and i was really happy to see the turnout and i was really happy to see you guys uh almost low-key cried but I remembered I can't cry because I'm strong so I was like I'm not gonna cry I waited till I got home and I cried like oh they so happy they came but um you know that was that was my way of just saying everything I was feeling and and, and trying to communicate the message to my son and, and and push forward so I was happy it came out really well
1: I actually do appreciate that stance because uh when I think about Black liberation and Black people, like you know, getting to a better place in life, everyone has their lane, and like not everybody can be on the front lines fighting. Like mm-hmm. I think that's what Brianna and I talk about all the time. Like I help organize, I help do everything, but I ain't, I can't fight. And mm-hmm. so I really appreciate that. And that's one of the things that we want to do with the show is that is show like black people from all different walks of life doing something to help the black community. So thank you for that.
2: Yeah. Um, There's some people you, who are fighters like, yo, I want to fight. Let's go. But you know what I mean? But they don't have any directive, you know? And, and I was, you know, I'll say this real quick before I'm to cut you off. When Barack Obama got on, on TV, I don't know if you guys remember he got on television and he delivered a message because when everybody was wilding in the streets. And do you remember when he got on television? You remember when he came? He he had this little. They 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 figured out. Yo, get Barack. Have Barack talk to the people. And he didn't say a motherfucking thing. He didn't say a thing that was with any substance. That people were waiting for him to be like, yo, boycott Pepsi, and we are gonna do it. People were waiting for him like, go home write a letter to to this person and we're going to get this rocking people were waiting for him to really say something and he said nothing um so it was a little disappointing and he wasn't even in office so he was just a regular civilian at that point um but people were waiting for him to say these things and, and and he didn't say anything so he's everyone including myself was like really disappointed in that um in the way he didn't deliver the message so
0: and going off of that, I feel like um, something else that we kind of talk about is like putting all of our hope into like these big high up leaders, because in reality, it takes it takes the community, it takes the grassroots, it takes those people to actually get motion started because they can reach the people who don't feel like they're important. And when the high, the way that I view a lot of things, the higher you make it in corporate America, the higher you make it, the more restraint you have, the more restrictions you have. Mm -hmm. And with someone like Barack Obama being the president of the United States, he's, he's not going to go out and be like, yes, boycott. Right. You know, like he's not going to say any of that stuff because even though he's not even president anymore, he probably has so many things riding on, on on his livelihood. So it's just, it's kind of disappointing because these are the when I think about, like OK, in the past, the, the leaders were the leaders, the people who are in high places were making things happen. And now it sort of seems like people are so afraid to do these things. And so we have to look to, you know, our neighbors, our community, you know, the people who are willing to kind of get their hands dirty, not like in, a, in the crazy, you know, but just people who are willing to do some more work to make things happen. It, it really always boils down to them. So that's just my, my take on it.
1: I agree. What have been some of the most um, unbelievable projects that you've completed?
2: Um, I think the most unbelievable project, and I'm sitting in front of it. I'm gonna try to turn this right now. I don't know if you can see that. You, uh, you can kind of. I can send you a picture of that. So, um. It is the time I worked with with Lauren Hill. Um, it was a surreal experience. Um, so she was going on tour, she was going on tour with Nas and um, my home girl was styling her. And my home girl was like, Lauren Hill needs a graphic designer. I said, hello, what'd you say, come again? <clears throat> she said, Lauren Hill needs a graphic designer. I said, "Where Lauren Hill? What? What Lauren Hill?" She said, "Lauren Hill, the Fugees." I was like, "Oh, I, I've I've been around every celebrity. Keep it cool, Lil Wayne. I didn't Drake, Travis Scott, uh, the locks, Cam, Jim, uh, Marky Mark, and the Funky Bunch. I didn't. Who else? Who who, who, who did I see?" And I kept it. Idris Alba. I kind of lost it a little bit with Idris. A little bit. A little bit. But I was like, stop it. What the hell is wrong with you? My man was like, yo, that's Idris over there. I was like, Idris? What? Child, you better. I was like, fuck. I was like, man, fuck that, man. I look just as good as Idris. Mind you, I wanted to take a picture. But um, because my Instagram would have gone crazy. (laughs) I'd have been like, twinning. Anyway. I, I've, I've been around all of these people, and when she told me Lauren Hill wanted, to, wanted a graphic designer, and I sent some of my work, she's like, okay, come to her house. I almost shit it in my pants. I almost shit in my pants um, because, first, her house is enormous. Beautiful house, uh, tucked away in Jersey. Um, and when I came in, she's like, hey, Belchez, I heard a lot about you. Let's get to work. I'm like, bet. Let's get to work put my laptop down, started sketching, started drawing, and every once in a while on some on some creepy shit I would look over to her to see if this is really happening. So I'm on my laptop and I'm like this, just peeking at her like this is really Lauren Hill. So I'm like peeking at her and I'm like, "Wow, so you know, she is the most creative person I have ever come in contact with." she is phenomenal her mind like she pushed me to places that i never even thought imaginable her vision was phenomenal the her 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 concept like she was like she was like decades ahead of my thought process and the things she was having me do and pushing me forth was uh was absolutely remarkable and i i literally practically lived in a house because um, at the time i was running an after school program so her driver would would come pick me up in, in in uh in brooklyn and then drive me to jersey or i'd take the train i'd be at her house from like six o'clock to like 12 1 2 o'clock and then go home shower then go to work and repeat that whole cycle for for quite some time and we, we we got real cool. We I was in there at one point. She was like, "Yo, Belches, why don't you quit your job and become become my nanny?" I was like, "Um, yeah, I'm kind of raising my son right now, uh, so I don't think I'm having enough time for that." Um, so she was like, "All right, cool," but I she worked and I worked. I remember one time, I one time I almost got fired. I'll tell you this this quick story. So I'm in there. I'm graphic design and We cool. And my home girl Erica was with me. And we working, we in. and I got so cool with her. I was like, ha, 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 Lauren, you mad funny. So she stops. She leaves the room, leaves the room, mid-laugh, we all laughing. Ah, she leaves the room. She walks out the room. Her security comes in there and whispers in my ear. She's like, uh, security was like a, a dread dude. She had all dreads. Um, dude came in, was like, "Hey, um, Belchez, uh, Miss Hill doesn't want you to call her Lauren ever ever again. Do you understand that?" I was like, "What?" He said, "Miss Hill doesn't want you to call her Lauren ever again. Do you do? Do you understand? Do I make myself clear?" I said, "Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I got it." He leaves the room, leaves the room, boom, leaves the room. Lauren Hill comes back in was like, we all good? We good, Belchez? I'm like, yes, Miss Hill. I'm like, in my mind, like, what the fuck just happened? What? I wasn't even upset. I was just like, I want to be this rich and influential to where I can have somebody else deliver a live text message. <laughs> I'm like, nah. She is... The goat. I was just from then on. I was like, yes, Miss Hill. No, Miss Hill. Miss Hill, can I use the bathroom? Miss Hill, I'm a little thirsty. Miss Hill, can I blink? But um, she was a she's a beautiful person, phenomenal, creative, and she was probably the best person creatively I've worked with, and I, 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 and to this day, if I see her, I'm like, yo, Miss Hill. She be like, Bouchaz, what's up? It's all love, and it blows my mind. To think that I am that cool with probably one of the greatest artists of all time musically, you know, and and I'm I'm grateful for being in that position. So shout out to my home girl Neziat, for hooking me up for that one.
1: Um, it's funny because the other day my dad and I were listening to Lauryn Hill, and he's like, "Wow, like she only made one album." I'm like, "That's how I you know it's a classic because <laughs> her career will forever." Right, like she will always have a career off that one album so that's funny that you um gave that little story um you mentioned well we all know that you're from New York um and so hip-hop has influenced fashion a lot and um you know artists like Dapper Dan Mm -hmm. especially have influenced fashion a lot Mm -hmm. and so have any of these Type of artist and in, um influence your interest in fashion or the pieces that you've created
2: yeah i mean absolutely growing up in harlem i saw dap yesterday literally saw him yesterday he'd be outside if you want to if you want dapper dan i can get you dapper dan if you want dapper dan on the show Dap will you i can you can pull up you get to do a little podcast thing you can go to the spot. I I'll, I'll get Dapper Dan for you. I saw Dapper yesterday. So, um, growing up in Harlem, there was Dapper Dan and there was 5001 Flavors. Um, so they were two of like the powerhouse custom uh clothing companies. Um, 5001 Flavors to this day is doing some amazing things. So, if you want to look that up, it's it's he's that group is phenomenal. So, you know, just the energy, just the colors, just the just the creativity of what they were doing with clothing and with other people's uh, brand and logo that just served as a as such a, a strong foundation to say, yo, if I wanna screen print on silk and then take that silk and put it on the canvas and then pour glue on it and then set that whole thing on fire, you know, just because, you know, Dapper Dan took, he went down to Louis Vuitton, he was buying garment bags from Louis Vuitton and just, just buying thousands of dollars in garment bags and cutting the garment bags up and using the leather to re, 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 repurpose that and put that on a leather jacket. He was just he was freestyling like that. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with with Guy Five Thousand and One Flavors. He would he would take leather pieces and put it here and put it there in places that you don't traditionally see leather, and and just do amazing things. So watching, watching those two and really like knowing. I really know Guy. I, I know Dapp, you know, and that's just by default being in Harlem, you know, uh, you know, Dapp doesn't know me because I'm I'm the greatest artist in Harlem. Dapp just know me from being in Harlem and just so happens to be I'm the greatest artist in Harlem, um, you know, so just using them as as templates to 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 springboard my creativity off of was just like, I mean, no disrespect in uh Nebraska. If I was born in Nebraska, I wouldn't have been the same sort of individual. You know, hopefully there's no Nebraska listeners. But <laughs> if, you got, if you got any Nebraska listeners, you just lost them.
1: <laughs> well, um, I mean, honestly, we could sometimes I feel the same way about Massachusetts, so it's okay. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: Uh so I wanna sort of touch base on something you mentioned. Way, way, way back in the beginning. Um, you said you started with t shirt t shirts and you used to just paint on them, give them out to people. Um, and so I just want to know the concept of wearable art for you. Can you speak on that and sort of um give your opinion on fast fashion today and um just the significance in making actual art with the work that you do and putting it into the fashion world?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have I have a piece of um... Hold on, I'm going to turn my camera off and bring this jacket real quick. Um, is it like a, a song you can play while I do this? Hold on, I'll be right back. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Two seconds. <laughs> Two seconds. Where's the jacket? Coming right back. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Hey Okay. Boom. So, um, you know, I, 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 am a fa- I'm, I am a fan of fast fashion because it is pushing – brands like these archaic uh big fashion houses like Louis Vuitton and and uh Gucci to to adapt, you know, cuz if you're going to charge me $800, I can get something that looks just like this for $50. Like y'all got to really step it up and they're conscious of of the consumer and what they need and if they don't pay attention, it's going to be over for them because Old white people ain't really buying this shit no more. You know, it's it's us and 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 people like us and the and who have the energy that's buying these things. You know, um, so every piece of fashion is wearable art. So uh, a long time, not even a long time ago, a little while ago, I had this idea of, you know, since I create these beautiful things on canvas, what if I took these? What if I took the canvas, and then turned it into something? So what you're looking at is. This, uh what's I'm gonna give this to y'all by the way, I'm gonna you can have this because this is sitting in my closet. So this is um a a canvas jacket um, that I had made, canvas leather jacket not leather excuse me a canvas uh, motorcycle jacket that I had made. I made one for Tiana Taylor. Oh, if you want Tiana, I can get Tiana. If you want one for Tiani, I can get you one. I'll show it to you in a second. Um, so what it was, was I was just creating these images of uh, riot scenes. This was a while ago before there was so many riots, but there's always a riot happening. And I just turned, I took this, what's this, this is a uh, a dog and I put the dog on the back, on the front and I put the dog also on the back. So literally delivering a message of you know of 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 zero tolerance you know by wearing all of these pieces you know and then this was uh the scene when they drug the white guy out of the car and they beat him um and then of course the famous i am man on the back of the jacket so all of these all of these things it was just like it's just my way of of trying to say my message my way of trying to i'm gonna find the picture of tiana real quick um and then you guys send me a, uh send me your your address and i'll send these to you i send one and i don't know you can rock paper scissors to see who's yeah. going.
0: <laughs> it's like we'll share it you know one person yeah. will have it on tuesday the next person will have it on friday
2: <laughs> yeah 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 sure make, make sure you tag me because i don't even think it's not that many of these circulating only and i way.
0: i seen the when i was you know I like making my way through people's pages sometimes when I when I don't have nothing to do and I definitely I seen the posts of you in um Tana Taylor so I was like oh wow that's really cool
2: yeah yeah I'm trying to find the picture because I archived I archived a bunch of things just because you know everybody's Instagram is sexy now so <laughs> I want them to, to be sexy so I archived a bunch of things and one of the ja- one of the things I archived was her wearing the jacket but I think I should probably bring that out of archive. I think i'm gonna do that now but yeah you know i'm conscious of of what i put forth in the world because this is this all this thing that i do this is my resume you know this is like my personal resume so my instagram is my resume i don't curse my resume i curse in real life um but you know i don't curse in resume on my um on my instagram and i'm conscious of, of what i put forth because then that becomes the story that that people know me and that that mm-hmm. becomes the story that that becomes the only story people tell you know it's just like oh yeah he always saying the n-word on this thing and he's always you know calling women bees and all this other stuff you know why would i give him a, a situation all right so this is that's tiana mm. with the jacket on you know and and again i i only you know i only know tiana let me see is that page still the same yeah and i only know tiana um, because she's from Harlem, you know, and and we cool, from, we we just cool from Harlem, and she just, she's always been a phenomenal young lady, always been super talented, um, multi multi faceted artist, you know, she can draw, she can dance, she can sing, um. So I was able to get that on her. Matter of fact, I'm gonna send this to her now.
0: And as and she's a good director too. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Like mm-hmm. spike,
0: spike tea.
2: <laughs> uh huh. Yep.
0: That's actually really cool. I honestly, I thought that was a leather jacket. Like that looks so structural. Like, yeah, it actually looks like a leather jacket. Like I, I would not have guessed that that's canvas. Mm-hmm. But that's creative. I don't think i have I, I didn't know you could do that with canvas. I'm not gonna wait,
2: lie. Wait till you get it. It's going to be even better. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> we really um, appreciate we really appreciate that. I have a question. did you sew that yourself because no nah, you-
2: nah, I would love to. so <laughs> so, so, my, so my man, guy over at five thousand and one flavors, he's the one. So what he did was um he gave me the pattern some one one or two of them I mm-hmm. cut the pattern myself, or he is one of his seam is one of his seamstress seamstress, yeah, seamstress cut the pattern and i would paint the pattern and then give it back mm-hmm. to him and then they put it together so
1: cuz i was going to say <laughs>
2: yeah. then you're on a
1: whole nother level on because the level. struggles i have with sewing i had to give it a break because i'm just like demai you're trying to do too much and mm-hmm. this sewing stuff like it's serious like you got you got to put time into
0: this but uh-huh. i feel like we i've been like pushing me and demai like when i tell her okay what first? when I found out, she had a sewing machine. I'm like, Devia, you know, about to sit here every day talk about, oh my gosh, Rihanna, this looks so good on you. I can just see it now, all that stuff. You have the legs for it all. I'm like, well, they're making it for me. Like, you got a whole sewing machine set up. Like, we just gotta get the fabric. Yeah, and so, it's, it's really it's like a good. back and forth. <laughs>
2: That's it. I gave up. I can hand. I can hand sew, but that machine is too fast, and it's the and you mess up, and you gotta. I am just gonna go to Zara. What's it.
1: Literally, mine is sitting in the case for a couple of months now because I jammed it and I went on YouTube. I'm like, I'm gonna unjam this. Like, I took the whole thing apart and I put it back together perfectly. <laughs> and then I used it and boom, it got jammed again. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'll
2: just that... put it back perfectly, sis. I'll do that.
0: <laughs> Clearly but... I didn't.
2: <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: um, so, a uh, question I have. So, I watched a video from you um, years back. It was at uh, Harlem Haberdashery. Mm-hmm. It was an interview you had with someone. You mentioned that a T-shirt is the most essential piece of clothing. So, yeah. do you still agree with that statement? And if yes, why?
2: Absolutely. You know, and it's it's just easy. You know, it 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 it's simple. It's form fitting. It's it has history. Um, I prefer white or black white, black, gray. Those are my t-shirt colors. Um just cuz you can dress it up, you can dress it down, I put a blazer over this. You know, I'm going to a a, a casual day at work, you know, I take it off, I put some sneakers. It's just like and a good t-shirt is just so important. It's just I hate the cheap t-shirts cuz I'm trying to save the environment. I'm more and more conscious. But, you know, a t-shirt is essential, you know, and and growing up in Harlem, I remember when I used to wear like a 5X t-shirt, like literally a four and five X t-shirt was crazy. And if your t-shirt had one spot on it, one spot, people would think you were homeless. Like it would be like, like, yo, bro, I just, it's one spot. Like now nah, you gotta go get another white tee. You know, these long ass white tees. And I looked like I was in a juvenile video or something like that, but that was what it was. And that was, that was your whole outfit was your white t-shirt. So making sure that that white t-shirt was crisp and clean that said a lot about like you as an individual and actually how much money you had. If you couldn't afford like a $10, $8 t-shirt, you're poor and you shouldn't be outside and you don't have a girlfriend.
1: (laughs) That's literally hilarious. Um, One of the things that we observe and that you keep touching on um, is your relationship with your son. Earlier, you mentioned that Lauren Hill, Miss Lauren Hill Mm -hmm. asked you to, you know, come be your nanny, and you turn that down because you had a son to raise. Um, so we were wondering if you could elaborate on your relationship with your son, and how ha- and has your relationship with him influenced um, um your work with art or your career in general?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, it was I didn't grow up with I didn't grow up with my father, so again, wanted to give my son. He might be a little spoiled. To, you know, whatever sneaky you want, you got it. As long as you give me what I need. So I didn't grow up with my mom. So giving my son that experience that I didn't have, I was always conscious of, and everything that I do is to make sure I put him in a better place. Um, and I know he's appreciative. Uh, so so it's just, and I want to set that standard for him. You know, so when he has uh, a a boy or a girl or kids, whatever he has. He knows that damn yo know, my dad came to every football game. My dad came to every parent teacher conference. You know my dad showed up in the rain. My dad showed up when it snowed. My dad showed up every single time and I told him it wasn't about the football it was about you, you know. It wasn't about anything else besides showing that unconditional support and that was just like something that I had to teach myself, you know, um, and how to, 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 cause they don't tell you how to be a parent, especially since I didn't have a, a, my mom was amazing, you know, um, but she did so much that she couldn't do everything, but they don't tell you these things. But, you know, I conditioned myself early on to do certain things that I didn't want to do. I'm not gonna say here, I tell you, I want to go to every football game. No, you losing your team sucks. Like, what is going on? Like, what? No, I don't want to do this. But I know what that means for him because, you know, being out there, especially last year um, during the pandemic, I flew out to every game and uh, went, you know, stayed in the hotel for one night, rented a car, and it was just to show him, you know, yo, bro, I'm here. And he didn't, he didn't really play much last year because of all, everything was going on. And he was like, yo dad, you don't have to come out. Like, nah, I gotta come out. I gotta come out to, and I know, I was like, damn. In my mind, I'm like, I don't wanna come out. But I know what it meant long long term and I know establishing that foundation. So he knows like, yo, my father showed up for everything. You know, if he can't show up for everything, I'm gonna at least try to reach the, the, the bar and try to surpass it. So I'm conscious of, of raising him in a society and, and supporting him in a society that, that doesn't really want him to succeed unless it's on a field or on a basketball court. So that's my guy. That's definitely my guy. I'm, he's, he's been texting me on and off all day today. I'm going to see him on Saturday. Oh, tomorrow. Oof, it's Saturday. You see? Fake busy again. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know what the damn day is. Boy, I tell you that much. But my Instagram rocking. You know. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's really admirable because like that whole idea of just being there being present it's really not something I think it's something that the black community has to learn again because when you have to make a living it's easy to be like I have to work I have to do this, I have to do that like this is how I can provide for you but sometimes it's just it boils down to just being there Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean like obviously you have to you have to make money you have to make a living you have to set people up financially Mm -hmm. all of that but I feel like a lot of the times people just put that first and that doesn't translate as well as just showing up like, Hey, I know you didn't expect me to be here, but here I am. And that like a level of unconditional loving, making sure that they see you as a figure that they can use as a guide. It's very important. And yeah, I just really appreciate that. Cause you know, there's so many, like we've, there's going to be thousands of conversations about, you know, black fathers and how can we get them back into their sons' lives, and how can we create that, you know, balance between the the parents and the kid, and not, you know, all the history of black relationships just going up and down. You know, it's always going to be a conversation, but when people actually just do it and just say, "Look, I didn't have this, so I'm going to give it," like just just understanding that could change a whole bunch. It could change so much in yeah. the black community. So I really appreciate that. Um,
2: I want I wanted to be Heathcliff Huxable, That was my thing. <laughs> not Bill Cosby He <laughs>
0: and, and to
1: to that point that Brianna just made um, your little story shows that although it's lacking in the black community there are black fathers doing that and it's inevitable that their children will grow up and do the same thing because you can't deny like what you had so once again I admire that as well
0: Thank you. So um, with you raising, so you started kind of this business, you've been going at it for a while. And so obviously Mm -hmm. you've had to be a father during that whole process. So what does a typical day look like for you then and now?
2: Um, Well, school's about to start for me. So the, the flip side of everything that people see on Instagram, they think I just wake up and I sell hats and shorts and paint basketball courts and and uh what and hang out with celebrities all day long and travel the world with my wife no motherfuckers i go to work work you know so a typical day um would be so i i work in my community so i work um so i'm currently transitioning into new jobs but i worked at uh harlem link charter school which is in my neighborhood so a typical day would be i'm probably up at like 5:30 5:30 in the morning, so I get my little morning workout either in the house or I go to the gym or I go for a run back at the house. I change, put my suit on. I'm out of the house maybe about like 7 o'clock. 7, yeah, about 7 o'clock. I'm at school maybe at like 7:30, unloading buses in the cafeteria, making sure kids are fine. Then go through my regular school day. Um, this is my son right now. Uh, go through my regular school day, and then I'll get out. Maybe like four o'clock, whatever. Then at four from four to nine, then I would start the second part of my day, which is, you know, following up on emails. And we all know that's gonna take me forty seven hours to do an email. So doing you know, going through my emails and then checking what art projects that I might have or even going to printing going to the printing studio or buying canvases or or whatever else I have to do, or even if I'm on a computer designing for a couple of hours then i have to pause for breakfast i mean pause for dinner um spend some time with my wife and then you know at like nine o'clock i'm taking a break taking a shower um then i'll go to sleep and then then start the whole day over again you know and then maybe then maybe at four o'clock you know i'll have you know, I have a meeting or I have to go downtown. So it's like a constant, constant cycle. The summers, I have a little bit more time off because the summers are off. So what well, people don't see, um, and the only reason why I don't put like teacher stuff up there because I deal with kids and that's personal. Otherwise, I, I, I would show that just to show people how much work is actually put in into into my day. Um, so it's really important to kind of just do work. That's the only way we get stuff done.
0: Thank you, that's, that's interesting. I didn't um, know that you still um, did like teaching and stuff. So yeah. that explains a whole lot in terms of how you're able to easily just connect with younger people and get them involved in, you know, what you're doing and giving them sort of a view of, hey, art is something that's important. Maybe you can test it out and mm-hmm. creative expression. I think that's pretty cool. And um, like with, with the Instagram, like how you're saying, you don't, you don't post things like that on your Instagram. Your Instagram is a portfolio, like you're saying, and and people give the best of the best on their Instagram. So it would make sense. And I think it's sometimes it's important to not just have everything on your social medias because Mm -hmm. it's still your personal life. You know, it's still your life. It's not like you owe anything to anyone. And even though you're someone who who would definitely want to give everyone as much information as possible as how they can make it, you know, sometimes you just, your life is your life. So thank you for sharing that with us. No problem. So to
1: close this amazing interview, we have one more question. What's next for Belchez outside of doing work as an educator um, and your most in your most recent project that you finished, the amazing basketball court?
2: Thank you. What is
1: next, and what things should we be on the lookout for?
2: Um. So you know, uh, so I just did a project with with Avarex. I don't know if you know Averex. Abercrombie is um, it's a it's a leather brand that was very popular when I was in like high school and college. So I uh, I was part of that campaign, the Icon campaign. So that's dropping real soon. I have that. Um, so I have like two really big art shows um, that I'm working on right now. Um, one dealing with um, one dealing with health. You know, when you when you think about the issues that, that plague the black community, we often talk about poor education, gun violence, police brutality, um, but we don't focus in enough on actually on health. You know, um, growing up eating corner store, New York is a little different than Massachusetts, but you know, I have kids, I have kids that, you know, wake up, breakfast is bacon, egg, and cheese. Mom pack uh, a bacon, egg, and cheese for lunch. They go home, they'll eat a bacon, egg, and cheese with ketchup you know, uh, sour straws and Takis and and Arizonas for lunch. You know, um, I have kids that literally second and third grade who have full-blown diabetes, um, which is like, it's crazy. And, you know, traditionally the African-American diet, because we were enslaved people, we hit and chicken wings and fried this and, and fried that, but during that particular time, we were able to kind of burn those calories off because we worked so hard. Now we still hold on to this diet and we don't have the same sort of, you know, work, uh, the amount of work that we do, but we still have this horrible, horrible diet. And in most of those impoverished communities, you know, corner stores and pizza and Chinese food and, and liquor and cheap juices are, are the staple in the diet. Even if you go to a supermarket, the frozen food section is the biggest section. You know, we barely have fresh breads and we don't have fresh fruits and real fruits and everything is just like BS. So I'm taking a look at that and, and showing, uh, and I'll send you guys some behind the scene images of some of the things that I'm working on showing you what that looks like and how I'm approaching it and how I'm just want to shine a light on it and then showing you what we can do to kind of get out of that. So that's, that's the one next show. The other next show is called, um, so that show is, that show is called, um, what's the show? Oh, it's, it's called, Oh shit. I blew up the kids. Um, mm. and that was based on the Oh, sh- uh, um, that was based on honey. I blew up the kids um from disney movie the second show that i'm working on is um uh it's a mental health show you know um it's called tell me how you really feel b uh so what i plan to do is i plan to go to every single and this show this this might be the show this might be the 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 thing that that frees me from working at schools and allows me to kind of travel. So what I plan to do is I I plan to cover a handball court in canvas. Um, So I'll do one in the Bronx, one in Manhattan, one in Queens, one in Brooklyn, one in Staten Island. So I'm gonna lay out various colors of paint and uh, a ball that'll sit behind, like like a cushion ball that'll sit behind the paint invite anyone from the neighborhood you have one minute to go inside of this canvas covered space and tell me how you really feel b and you have one minute to throw the ball touch the ball roll the ball do whatever you want to really get that energy out um maybe you're happy and maybe you're not throwing the ball maybe you're angry and the whole time you're just dipping one uh, ball full of black paint and just throwing it at the wall over and over and over again so the back of the the back of the wall the back of the canvas will be mounted with a mic. So um, those sounds of the ball and the sounds of the people will then be turned into a soundtrack um, that we then I'll figure out that part later on. Um, uh, but once we get done with those images and and that, I'm gonna have someone actually. Um, look at it and we can say you know what well brooklyn feels this way versus the bronx and the bronx feels this way versus queens oh it's interesting that queens use these particular colors and uh the bronx use this particular colors oh manhattan only used black you know so um reversing the narrative and reversing the narrative of how we're always being looked upon and scrutinized and like, well, you know what? I'm going to take this and, and we'll put it into place. Is someone professional is going to look at the colors and then break the colors down because colors mean everything. Like, so, you know, black has a meaning, red has a meaning, um, green. If you look at all like uh, fast food logos, 90% of them are red because red is a is a color that uh, invokes a hunger hunger. Um, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, Burger King, they all have red in it. So, you know, looking at that and then and then what i'm gonna do is after we get it after we get it analyzed i'm going to cut the pieces up. Sell them and then donate the money back to communities and, and try to help establish mental health programs, that is a very big uh, thing that i'm trying to do, but then, then I can then take that same sort of concept. And bring it to the NFL, same sort of concept and bring it to the NBA, same sort of concept, bring it to the WNBA, same sort of concept and just have them bring it to, bring it to UMass. And then, you know, we'll have, you know, what do, what do, what do my female students feel versus my male students, you know? And it's, you can pick whatever color, you can do whatever you want. You have a minute to tell me how you really feel. So those are the next two shows. Wow.
0: Amazing. <laughs> wow. That's, that is like, that's really like I that's such a cool concept. Like I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to be in New York. I'm gonna have to be in New York for that because yeah, that's just really cool. And and going into the, the health piece of what you were talking about with your first exhibit, um, our listeners know that me, me to my MHR, we're all alkaline vegans, and so something that's very important to us is being clean eating. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> so um we definitely feel like that's crucial, like people in the black community food is tied to your health. It's, it's tied to your mental health. It's tied to everything, your emotions, how you feel, it all plays a role. And so for us, we, we like to promote, okay, you know, it's not just about your, your mental health. Cause your mental health, your stomach, it, it creates the amount of energy you get. Mm-hmm. When you have a lack of oxygen, you're tired, you're irritable, you're, you know? So it's people have to see the full picture. And a lot of the times people say like, Oh, I'm eating healthy. I'm going to get a salad. Like even that it's like, you don't realize that your body is hungry your body's hungry, you're eating all this food and you're feeling full, but you're starving yourself. And right. so um, we definitely re- resonate with that piece heavily and we would love to, um, you know, see that exhibit and be able to, um, you know, experience it with you because that is just such like, that's a really close thing that we we um,
2: deal with. And Yeah, and food is identity. Food is identity. Like Black people, what we know for chicken wings and, uh, and watermelon, like, you know, and... <laughs> While I'm breaking the stereotypes down. Oh, when you see this shit. Ooh. Ooh. You know, sometimes this is, and, and I, I'll keep it 100. Like, I do, I've done, I'm doing things, and I am and, and I have to go online to be like, no, somebody else had to have done this. Like, this is too easy. Like, I'm doing this. Like, no one is addressing health from an art. What? I don't understand. Like, oh, I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you a sneak Hold on, I'm gonna go get it. Hold
1: on, hold on. <laughs> well, guys, if
0: you're listening or watching, you're getting all the exclusives.
1: So mm. you better feel
0: honored. You better tune in, you better share. And also you have to keep a look at, we'll definitely be posting about all of these things that are mentioned so that you guys can experience it too because what is that?
2: So this is a sculpture that has never been seen anywhere it's an exclusive let me get closer an exclusive my teeth look good in this shit. an exclusive and these these ain't the shits from colombia these are not the veneers no these are just from my mom my father and smile direct shout out smile direct cut the check man make it out to she thinks she knows smile direct so, um, so this particular piece, so this, this piece is, so what you're looking at right now, I don't know if you remember, you guys might be a little bit younger than I am. So this is a quarter water. Um, you call them the hugs or I'm not sure what you call things in Massachusetts because my wife, Jug is, juice. <laughs> yes, so my wife is from Massachusetts and I call the, the things that I braid, I call them lanyards. And she's like, "What's a lanyard?" And she calls it, um, "What's it called? Fig or you know the things you used to braid like the snake, the snake, the Yeah, bob, cobras, arrow. gimp, yeah." Gimp.
0: That's and she, called, she
2: called she called a gimp, and but that's, that's a ma- different things. That's the Massachusetts shit. I'm like, "What's gimp?" I said, "My <laughs> grandmother, my grandmother had a gimp leg, but I don't know what you're talking about right now. It's called lanyard." Anyway, Massachusetts is different. So in <laughs> In um, in Harlem, New York, we call this we call this a quarter water. So on the quarter water, it has the the milliliters, and the when you when you turn it in, you get five cents for this. So um, what I did was I simply took uh, a grenade pin and put it on top of this. So this is a symbolize this symbolize this is killing our kids because this isn't present in any other community. Besides our community, this is literally sugar water. This is the reason why I have second graders that have diabetes. You know, and you and it didn't even have a flavor. It was just like the red, the green, and it was disgusting. But it was cheap, and it was everywhere. So if you didn't have any money, you had a quarter, you can buy you can buy one of these. You know, the do 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 to the, uh, the store would give me five for a dollar, and this would me and my friends would, would drink this every once in a while. Cause my mom, I'm West Indian. So my mom didn't play that outside food shit. So, um, I was definitely, you know, had a, a very stable diet, but every once in a while I would sneak off. But for the friends that didn't have a stable diet, you know, this was the, the, the thing that is killing our kids, you know, health is health is wealth, literally health is wealth. So this is a, this is part of the the show and no one, has ever my manager might be mad, but she thinks she knows. But
0: <laughs> we'll try to we'll try to get it so that maybe when we release it, she she'll be you know a little bit more smooth. Over you could warn her.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can. That's warn
0: amazing. Her.
1: It That's really amazing. is.
0: And you know, one of the
1: things that I tell people every day at the cafe um, is that one, changing your diet, changing what is on your plate, it's a revolutionary act. And it's literally like if black people buy in, like they don't know what they will do to the system. And number two, we call we call the standard black American diet poison, 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 poison. So I really appreciate that sculpture that you created because it's poison and it can it will kill you so oh my gosh thank you for that thank you thank
0: you thank you and it's and even like adding to that when you when you show the like the huggies juice like it literally threw me back to times when me and my sisters and my cousins would have quarters it was like we had like a dollar fifty and we could get so much from the quarters so like honey buns blue juice whatever that was blue juice the, right. fruit, the fruit candies and mm-hmm. you have people with carts you just go and get a paper bag candy. like you could just rack up with no money at all mm-hmm. and i'm like okay and now that i'm an adult and i'm like shopping at whole foods i'm getting like vegetables mm-hmm. and even like lettuce it's not like organic mm-hmm. lettuce is like a dollar 25 like it's like a dollar mm-hmm. and i'm like looking at prices where i'm like this is so cheap like this is cheap and yes you're gonna have your you know some expensive things because people are going to capitalize on that word organic vegan like mm-hmm. now it's like a trend so it's kind of unfortunate but like when i go grocery shop i'm like meat is expensive meat is expensive as mm-hmm. like i can spend 60 dollars and get a week's worth of groceries you spend 60 dollars on meat that's probably like three meals you know if you know how to stretch right. it so like that idea it's like oh being vegan is expensive. It's too much and all. It's like, it's not, it's your mindset. You're so used to being able to buy hundreds of thousands of snacks for no money at all. When that's still not giving you what you need, you're not getting anything. You're just wasting your money. So it's just crazy. And I feel like that sculpture is a, it's a direct, it's just, it's a direct tie to, what it is and what it's doing. Like that this is what it is and this is what it's doing. If you Uh do not know when your kid sees primary colors in a fridge, they're gonna go for those colors. They're gonna go for red and blue. You know, Uh they're not gonna look at the they're not gonna look at the apple juice and be like, oh wow, I want that. Like they're gonna look at the colorful stuff. And so that's what they do. They label all these snacks with all this color and all this, oh wow, kids are gonna love it. They're gonna point to it when they get in the store And, and like my little cousins, they do it all the time. They're like can we go to the store? I'm like, sure. I'm like, you got a dollar. Pick what you want. And that's what they go for. I'm like, you sure you want blue juice? That's what it's called. Blue juice. Blue juice. 100 percent artificial flavor. Like and I'm like, are you sure you want that? Here, take this instead. You know, you have to just show them this is better. This is going to taste better. They don't even know. So it's just crazy um, how, you know, capitalism being, you know, this whole idea of making money off of, off of people being unhealthy. It's just, it's, it's
2: really, it's really making uh, it's money off of people that are really like uneducated. Cause we, you know, when, if you don't know any better you can't do any better, you know what I mean? So, and they like, let's throw, let's throw this shit in this neighborhood and make it for this cheap, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm on it, you know? And, and, and the funny thing is I'm still learning, you know, I'm learning about, and I'm talking to Jay, like, yo, I just sent you two images real quick um, from two pieces uh, that I'm working on. So, you know, I, I, I talk to Jay all the time. Like, health is his last frontier, you know? Your Jay is this big, burly, like, little kid. And, and I'm like, yo, bro, leave the chopped cheeses alone. Oh, dad, I don't need to chop cheese. Like, leave that shit alone, bro. Like, you if you really want to transcend your body into a whole nother... Le- LeBron James is vegan half the year. So that should tell you something. He has the money to do anything, buy anything, the best of the best of the best food, and you choose to be vegan. Not even get the Kobe cut meat and the and the, and the fresh Alaskan salmon. You like nah, be am gonna be vegan. So if you got so that that should tell you like yo, if I have the ability to do anything in the world and I choose to be vegan, oh, you onto something. You definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to trend. I don't eat. I don't eat red meat. I don't eat pork. I'm trying to transition out of that, and it's it's for me because I need to be a real transition. I just can't wake up and eat carrots all day long because I'm gonna die. I'm I'm a me. I'm gonna die, so it has to be a slow transition into into carrots and lettuce. We'll uh, help. Carrots are carrots habits. are hybrids, so you don't have to worry about carrots. <laughs> yeah. We'll help you with least, that.
0: No problem. We <laughs> got a few recipes for you to dabble into your meals if you want. Because I cook,
2: I I throw down. I made um. I made an impossible lasagna last night.
0: Mm. Okay.
2: Do so it down. My wife, didn't oh, even, my wife didn't even know. She didn't even know. She said, lasagna <laughs> is good. I'm like, why do you sound like Wendy Williams? She's like, I don't know, but it's good. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll figure out what her troubles later are. Well,
1: everybody, um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this fruitful conversation as much as we have um this season is definitely, we thought last season was our best season yet. This season is going to be our best season yet as it should be. Um, and we really want to thank Belchez for coming on and spending time and really giving us all the tea because listen people, you're not going to get this that much nowhere. Exactly, and so um, we're just so grateful for this connection, and we're so grateful that the ways that you want to help us, and so we'll definitely stay in touch. Um, if you want to drop your social medias um, where people can find you, now's the time to do that.
2: All right, so it is Belchez, B-E-L-C-H-E-Z-N-Y-C. The moment you type in B-E-L, it'll generate because I'm that hot. Period. <laughs> Period sis.
1: Well, everybody, make sure you are looking out for our content. Um, subscribe to our channel on YouTube, as well as follow us on Instagram at Shoot Things Pod to be on the lookout for more episodes. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs> oh, 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 oh